Hey everyone, it is so great to connect with you online. We are so thankful that you were able to join us, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or the platform, whether you're watching live with us or whether you're watching later on. We just want to let you know that we miss you, we're praying for you, and we're believing that our best days have yet to come, not just as a church at New Life, but even for you personally. We believe that your best days have yet to come. This year we decided we were going to embrace, that was our theme, we were going to embrace in Acts 2020 was the theme verse about we will not shrink back. And um, little did we know what was going to happen in the world this year at that time. And, but I would say we've continued to grow forward and I really believe that even though we're in October now, which is terrifying, my birthday's in October, just, just saying, um, just throwing that out there. Uh, October 22nd, if you must know, <laughs> not that you were asking. Um, but as we get to the end of the day, we j- I just want to encourage us that this year you may have embraced some new things. You may have made a decision you were not going to shrink back. And it can be easy as you get through to the end of the year to end up relaxing where we are. Now, next year we probably won't be looking at the same theme, um, but we're still going to grow forward together. We're still not shrinking back and we still want to continue to embrace everything that God has for us. The theme this month that was kicked off last week with a great message from Mark Ritchie is we're embracing hope. You know, hope is so incredibly important. There are lots of things that we can hope for in life. We can hope that Santa puts us on the night's list. We can hope for a job. We can hope for the weather to be good. We can hope for friendships. There's so many things that we can hope for and there's so many things that we can put our hope in. I'm sure for many of us this year we have hoped that this virus called COVID-19 would just disappear, that it would just go away. But with each new update or with restrictions, we can end up getting disheartened and we can get discouraged and we can get despondent. And my friend and I, uh, his name's Stu, are big football fans. And, you know, we we love Scotland. And every time Scotland get closer to qualifying for a major championship, they always find a new creative way to mess it up, you know, this was pre-recorded, so Scotland have got a couple of big games coming up, and by the point this preach goes out, we may or may not know if they've successfully qualified or not, Um, but we have this phrase which we say every time they let us down, we say, it's the hope that kills you. You see, we know that it seems unlikely that Scotland are going to qualify, but we always have this hope, and every time they seem to take our hope and destroy it. They let us down. You know, we're believing one day that Scotland will qualify for a major championship, but so often in life as Christians, we can have hope that one day life is going to be better than it is. Now, one day my situation is going to get better and we can easily get despondent with every letdown and with every disappointment. But I just want to speak into us this morning that yet we can dare to hope. Because the hope that we have in God is greater than hope that we can put in ourselves or in situations or in anything on planet Earth. You know, one day the outcome of the effort we put in will result in breakthrough. One day we will receive the promise we can hold on to that hope. And you may have felt disappointment in the past. You may have felt like there's a chance that I could fail again. There's a chance that I could mess up again. But I want to encourage you this morning that we can hold on to hope. I'm going to read some verses in a moment from Hebrews chapter 6, 13 to 20. 
and it will come up in, on the screen. And in my Bible, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, God's promises bring hope. It then goes on, the writer of Hebrews says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath on his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He's become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. To provide a little bit of context here, the writer of Hebrews is writing to the capital C church to communicate to them that it is with faith and endurance that we hold on to the hope that God's promise is to us. It is by continuing to stay true to what God teaches and how God wants us to live that we receive the promise that God has for our life. I'm not a very patient person. Patience does not come naturally to me. I don't like being stuck in traffic. I don't like being stuck to go shopping. I don't like waiting. I, I, I'm, I'm probably, I wouldn't say I was the least patient person on planet Earth, but I'm certainly one of the least patient people I know. Everyone who knows me might say amen at this moment. There are three things, though, that I notice about hope here that I really think can help us to not just embrace hope, but to continue to grow into what God wants us to be. The first thing I note here about hope that the writer is trying to communicate is that hope strengthens. You see, the thing about hope is that it strengthens you as a person. Have you ever met someone who has got such a positive outlook on life that they have such an expectation for something that you can't really see how it's going to work out the way they think it will, but they are just so full of hope that they're willing to wait a little bit longer. They're just willing to believe. And they, are, they just seem to have this will to sustain themselves in spite of disappointments, in spite of failures, in spite of rejections. They're just so hopeful. Hopeful to the point that it can be quite frustrating. You know, this can be illustrated in the movie. I've not seen this movie, but in the movie called Dumb and Dumber. You see, there's this character who he really likes this girl and he basically works up the courage and travels a long way to come and see her. And basically, he, if you've not seen the movie, I can't really see whether it's a good move or not or appropriate, but there's this bit where he goes to her and he basically says, well, do you like me? What are my chances? And he says, lay it to me straight. And she says, not good. And he responds with, not good, like one in a hundred. And she responds with, more like one in a million. 
And his response in this moment, everyone watching the show could be like, clearly she's trying to communicate, there's no chance, there is no hope for you. But his response is, so you're telling me there's a chance? And he starts celebrating, and it's really funny because everyone can see. But he's just so hopeful because he knows that there's a chance, one in a million. So you're saying there's a chance. And you see, the thing is with God's promises is that the word of God encourages us to believe that God's promises will not change, that God cannot lie. So therefore, when it comes to God, our hope in him is not like one in a million. It is a guarantee. So therefore, how much more will we have hope that can strengthen us, that God's promise is going to be fulfilled? God might have made you promises in your life, and you might think, I don't know how it's going to happen. I've had rejections, I've had failures, I've had disappointment, and I want to encourage you that hope can strengthen you. Hope can help you to wait patiently, believing that God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, that if God has promised it, then he will make it happen, and hope can just give us this strength to just keep going, to keep living the way that God wants us to live. You see, the crazy thing is about hope is that as long as we have hope, then we can always have strength. You see, the Bible is full of people who all they had was a little bit of hope. There's a song from the musical or movie called The Prince of Egypt, uh, When You Believe, and it says, though hope is frail, it is hard to kill. Why? Because when someone has hope, then it doesn't matter how it looks because they always believe that the best days have yet to come, that better days are coming. And I don't know what you're going through right now, but I want to encourage you that when you put your faith, when you put your trust in Jesus, there is a hope that goes beyond reasonable doubt, as Sean mentioned at Crashing Waves a couple of weeks ago. It goes beyond reasonable doubt that this hope is a certainty. It's an ironclad guarantee, which means that it might look bad now, but we can rest in the knowledge that hope will strengthen us, and hope will strengthen us, and hope will strengthen us. Paul writes in Romans 5, verses 3 to 5, to the church in Rome, he says, We can rejoice too when we run into troubles and trials and problems. For we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Paul is writing to us to say that hope is a byproduct of struggles. That actually when we have struggles, it is a reason for hope. Why? Because when we have struggles, it strengthens us, which builds hope, which cannot lead to disappointment because hope comes from God. So therefore, if you're going through stuff right now, look at it with a perspective of God is strengthening me right now because I can be confident that the future, it might be tomorrow, it might be next week, it might be in 10 years, it might be in 50 years, but I can have the confident hope that God keeps his promises and hope can strengthen me and sustain me and you might be praying for God to take all of your struggles away and don't hear what I'm not saying I believe God can do that but so often God doesn't want us to take the struggles away God wants us to embrace the hope that comes within the struggles in order that we can step into the promises that he has for us in order that we can become the people he calls us to be in order that we can be the examples that he has put on planet earth so the world can see the hope that we have in Jesus. 
I want to encourage you that maybe it's time that we build up some endurance by allowing hope to strengthen us. I believe that God has got a plan for your life. I believe that God wants good things for you. But I believe that through it all, God wants us to be honorable and righteous. And he wants us to live the way he wants us to live in order that we can see his promises fulfilled in our life. You know, Martin Luther King Jr., he he knew a thing or two about hope. He's one of my people I would have loved to meet. And you know, you get the common question about who would you love to have met, dead or alive? He would be high up on my list of people I would have loved to have met. And he once said, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. What does that mean? That means that there are times where we're going to have to live with the disappointment that comes with life. He knew a thing or two about disappointments. But he also said there is something greater than the disappointment that we feel right now. And that is the hope of a promise that is going to come in the future. I want to encourage you right now. In the midst of your disappointments, I'm not going to try and pretend that I know what you're going through. But this is what I do know to be true. That God is greater than what you're going through. The hope and the promises of God are greater than what you face. And so even though you might go through finite disappointment, we can hold on to infinite hope that greater days are coming, that the best is yet to come, and that one day we will be with Jesus. You know, the first thing I know about hope in this passage is that hope strengthens us. As we embrace hope, we'll be strengthened. The second thing I know about hope in this passage, not just that it strengthens, but hope is something that we hold on to. You know, you see, the thing about hope is that it can't be killed unless you let it be killed. There's a wonderful story in the Bible about this guy called Joseph. And Joseph went through so many trials and disappointments. He was rejected, abandoned, forgotten, mistreated, but yet he had his hope in his heart. You see, God had given him a promise when he was younger, a dream that one day he would, I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't the smartest young person on the planet because he pretty much told his older siblings and his parents that one day you're going to kind of bow down to me and they weren't very happy with that. Here's a side note a little bit. If you get a promise from God that's amazing, be careful who you share it with because they might try and kill it. But Joseph goes through pain. He's rejected by his brothers. I mean, his brothers want to kill him and instead they sell him into slavery. And he ends up going from this pillow dream, this is what my life is going to be like, into a pit. And he goes from a pit, he goes to a Potiphar's house as the man he was serving. And there's false accusations made against him. And he goes from Potiphar's house to the prison. And then when he's in prison, he's forgotten about and he's abandoned and he's rejected. And eventually he ends up in the palace with Pharaoh, second in command to all of Egypt. And God makes everything that he hoped for come true, but he had to face the disappointments. Now, I'm sure there were times, because I know what I'm like, and Joseph was human just like you and me, that there were times where Joseph thought about that dream, and there would have been times where he thought, this couldn't possibly come true. 
It couldn't possibly happen, but Joseph held on to this hope. He refused to let his hope die. He held on to it. And because of that, he was able to stand before his brothers who came and didn't recognize him. And he was able to forgive them and say the one of the most incredible verses in the whole Bible. When he says, what, they, what you meant for evil, God used it for good. Why? Because Joseph's perspective was, I am going to hold on to hope. The hope is frail, it's hard to kill, and I am going to hold on to it. And Joseph didn't end there because God had promised, God had made a promise to Joseph's ancestor, Abraham, that I will give you a land of your own. And there's a great song in the musical about, for children of Israel have been promised a land of their own, and they're never alone. To the point where they were living in Egypt and Joseph, even as he died, said, I want you, I'm begging you to carry my bones with you to the land that God promises. Why? Because even though it took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, Joseph had a hope in his heart that said, I refuse to let go of hope. I am going to hold on to this hope. Why? Because I'm going to continue believing and believing and believing and believing and believing so you can say what you want. You can say it's not going to happen. You can speak death over me. You can abandon me. You can reject me. But I have got a hope in my heart that God has made me a promise. And so I am not going to stop praising him. I am not going to stop dreaming. I am not going to stop hoping. I'm not going to stop believing. So you can say what you like. You can discard me. You can unfriend me on social media. I do not care because I am going to keep confessing the hope that I have in Jesus. Why? Because We have to hold on to hope. In this passage, the Bible refers to hope as an anchor for the soul. An anchor, what does an anchor do? It holds the ship in place when there's winds or when there's waves or when there's things, external forces coming against it. The anchor holds the ship in place to keep it safe. You know, in spite of whatever may come, In your life, whether it be struggles, trials, disappointments, high moments, low moments, we can hold on to Jesus. We can hold on to our hope, which can, though the boat might get rocked a little bit, we can stay safe and secure in the knowledge that Jesus is in control, that Jesus is sitting in the boat next to me, that my anchor holds on to Jesus and he never moves. So though I might wobble sometimes, sometimes I might even get knocked, I might sometimes end up with holes in my boat, I can rest in the knowledge that I am connected to Jesus who is my firm foundation and I can hold on to him. I can hold on to him when I need to hold on to him and the reality is when I let go, I just need to come back to him and he's willing to hold on once again. So it doesn't matter if everyone like Joseph, everyone abandons me. It doesn't matter if they sell me out. It doesn't matter if it's closest to me. Abandon me. Is it painful? Yes. Can it be really difficult and overwhelming? Yes, of course it can. But I can put my anchor down upon Jesus. I can stand confidently knowing that the best is yet to come. That my promise is yes and amen in him. And all I have to do is remain faithful, remain true, remain holding on to Jesus, remain walking in faith, remain coming to church, remain in in prayer, remain reading about Why? Because my anchor holds on to Jesus. You see, the same God who is able to sustain Joseph on his journey is the same God who is able to protect and sustain you. So it doesn't matter what I go through, I can hold on to my hope and I can rest in the knowledge that my God is in control, that my promise is coming and I can have a confident hope that can only be found 
in Jesus. The final thing I notice about hope here is that hope leads. So hope strengthens. Hope, we need to hold hope. But hope leads. You see, real true hope can only be found in Jesus. He's the only thing that never changes. He's the only thing that can sustain. If nothing else this year, I think we've had a painful, difficult reminder of how futile we are as human beings. How powerless we were to stop a virus. How powerless we are to stop recessions. How powerless we are to actually do anything about natural disasters, really. Because the only hope, really, is in Jesus. If you want hope for tomorrow, if you want hope for the future, it can't be found in money, it can't be found in relationships, it can't be found in programs or a job or a career. These things aren't bad things. These things are good. But real hope, the hope that sustains, the hope that is for tomorrow and for eternity can literally only be found in Jesus. Even in this passage, the writer of Hebrews says, hope leads us to the inner sanctuary where Jesus is. Hope leads to Jesus. You know, the greatest story of hope came thousands of years ago on Resurrection Day. You know, Jesus lived here on earth. He came. He was born of Mary. We might hear a little bit about that in a couple of months' times at Christmas. He lived a perfect life. And it came to the moment where he died on a cross and he had some followers. You know, but Jesus was nailed to the cross for your mistakes and my mistakes. But to the followers, it seemed on that Friday as Jesus was crucified on a cross that all hope was lost. Hope was gone. Disappointment was rife. Fear was rife. But then some women, early on the third day, they went up to visit a tomb where they expected to find a stone and some soldiers. But when they got there, the stone was rolled away. And there was an angel sat there. And they they were weeping and they were confused and they were in fear. And the angel says, don't be afraid. Why do you look for the living amongst the dead? He is not here. He is risen. The angel then tells these women to go and tell Jesus' disciples and Peter. Peter specifically because Peter had denied Jesus three times on the Friday. So Peter was feeling it more than anyone else. The Bible then records that the the disciple whom Jesus loved, who we know as John, and Peter run to this tomb. And John gets there first. He made it clear to mention that. But then Peter gets there second. But it says that Peter went into the tomb. Imagine being Peter, it feels like all hope is lost, but in a moment, could it be true that hope's restored? Could it be true that actually hope has come back? Could it be true that Jesus is actually alive? And Peter goes in and he sees this empty tomb. What joy must have filled his heart? Why? Because hope will always lead to Jesus. You see, Jesus was raised from the dead so that humanity might have hope. You see, the hope that Jesus gave wasn't just for the disciple, for the woman, or for Peter, but it's for every single person on planet Earth. Why? Because if you are looking for hope, the answer is Jesus. If you're looking for hope, the answer is Jesus. You're not going to find it anywhere else. You might fail it for a little while, but you're still going to have anxiety that comes about. Why? Because it's not Jesus. Jesus is the hope of the world. 
You see, hope leads us. And when we allow hope to lead us to Jesus, we are then able to allow Jesus to lead us and to become in everything that Jesus wants us to be, to be his church, to be his disciples. And so I, I just want to encourage you right where you are. You may have never given your life to Jesus. You may have never arrived at the conclusion that hope leads to Jesus. But I want to tell you that because that tomb was empty, you and I might have hope. For every mistake that you've made, every disappointment you've faced, every rejection you've made or felt, every fear that you have, it can be gone because there's an empty tomb. It can be gone because Jesus got back up out of that grave. And because he'd done that, you can live in freedom, you can live in grace, you can live in mercy, you can live in forgiveness, and most importantly, perhaps of them all, you can live in hope. And so I want to invite you right now, wherever you're watching this, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to put your hope in him because you've tried everything else, I want to invite you to say this prayer after me. And after you've done that, I've got some instructions for you. Then I'm going to pray for all of us during this time. But if you want to give your life to Jesus, I just want you to say this after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for the empty tomb. I put my hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or the hundredth time, that is amazing. That is the best prayer you'll ever pray. And if you're watching with us on the platform or whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you'll see a next steps or a raise hand button. If you click on that, it will direct you to our website where you can put in your details on the contact form and our next steps team will help you as you begin this journey of hope with Jesus. It is the best journey in life. Doesn't mean all your problems are going to go away, but it means that you can have hope in your heart that God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You know, I just want to pray for us all as we close during this time. And then the worship team can lead us in a song. Father God, I thank you that we can have hope in Jesus. Father God, I thank you that because the tomb is empty, we can have a hope that strengthens us. We can have a hope that we can hold on to and that we can have a hope that leads us through life. Father God, no matter what failures or what disappointments or what fears we face, we can hold on to hope realizing that one day we can live in eternity with you. Father God, until that moment comes, God, help us to carry your hope into our workplaces, into our schools, into our neighborhoods, into our families. Father God, let us use the hope that is in our heart to set other people free. In Jesus' name, amen.